It's not the tech. It's not the gear that really is what drives me at all. It's doing good things and creating a good life or creating happiness. That is what I'm after. And it's kind of the thing that I knew I could talk about. Podcast Junkies, episode 117. Welcome back. Hope you enjoyed last week's episode with Katie Kremitzos. I think the energy level on that was off the charts, but I may be biased. My name is Harry Duran. I'm the host of Podcast Junkies, new episodes every week with an amazing array of interesting people from across the podosphere, a term I like to throw around every now and then, even though it probably doesn't even exist. So this week we speak to Michael Murphy at uh, on Twitter at Mike Unplugged. He's a self-professed one-man band podcaster and tutorial maker. <laughs> But I don't think that does him justice. I found him through uh, the our little podcasting network, and I remember doing a post about a year ago about podcasts, about podcasting, and he popped up. I was really impressed with the fact that he picked a theme for every episode, and he was on point with his artwork, which is no surprise given his interest in photography. So he calls Naples, Florida home, and he's lived an interesting life and uh, tells it us about some of his other jobs he's had that have allowed him to be a better communicator and a better listener. And uh, you'd be surprised at the, the the age range of some of the folks who uh, consider themselves fans of the show. So I think you'll get to know him a little bit more. He is a bit introverted, self-professed. It's not something that, I, that I'm labeling him as, but I think you'll find that his persona- personality shines through. So I hope you enjoy our conversation and stay tuned at the end of the episode for our retention hashtag. This week's episode is brought to you by Podbean, our newest sponsor. So if you have a need for your own podcast, for an enterprise podcast, or you're looking to do some crowdfunding for your podcast, I highly recommend you give them a shot. The first 30 days are free. Head on over to podbean.com slash junkies. Take a look at all the services they're providing for podcasters to get started with their show. So, Mike Murphy, thank you for joining me on Podcast Junkies. I am excited to be here, Harry. So, Mike, uh, I've been following you, obviously, as as a podcast junkie myself. I tend to keep an eye on, on people that are doing things in the podcast-relating space and this and this super niche uh, circle of podcasts about podcasting. And uh, as you might imagine, it, there's always new folks popping up and, and some come and some go. But what, what I've been impressed with late, lately with you is just your consistency. And, and I think you mentioned in a recent episode that you started uh, podcasting in 2015. So I'm wondering if we could kick it off by uh, letting us know or letting me know why of all topics to pick for a podcast, you decided to pick podcasting itself. Well, um I need to sort of to teach something and I'm sort of veering away from just podcasting only, or I'm not sure that I ever really declared that that was my niche. I'm, I'm not a super niche type person, um, but I bring it all together. I think I try to keep it all within the same path. Like I try to think of the way that all podcasters sort of create content. We all do a lot of things. So um, I sort of, I stick to podcasters as my focus. Um, but I also try to 
cover the things that I know that everybody goes through, you know, like the other technical things that we all do on a daily basis. I happen to love all the other stuff. Like I love doing the tech of all of it. So um, I try not to limit it to just teaching. When I first started, I think I was trying to stay with just teaching podcasting um, to kind of put my name out there and kind of become, you know, associated with it because I love it so much. But, you know, I was learning it myself. Like I didn't come on my first episode. I was new just like everybody else. So um, I have this thing that I think I try to learn things as I'm doing it. And as I'm doing it, I want to share that. So I think that's why I did podcasting because I knew that I wanted to be good at it. I knew that it was a thing that I was really into. And uh, so I figured I could teach it as I was learning it myself. And that's kind of the way I approach, I think, a lot of things. It's, it, I get the sense that you've been uh, a gearhead, for lack of a better term, for a uh, greater part of your, your, your life, and, and maybe you can correct me if I'm wrong, but even just looking at what you have set up now, if you could take just a couple of minutes to walk me through what your current in-studio setup is, because it looks really nice from here. Uh, it's funny, because I, I actually do keep things pretty simple, and I think that might be un- misunderstood about me a little bit. I'm not a super gearhead in that I don't need to go out and get the latest and greatest. I kind of just like things that work. And I kind of like, I like figuring things out. So I like I like knowing how things come together, how they work together. And I'll often, in fact, like I had a lot more gear or just I would pick up stuff as I was building, you know, thought what I wanted to build as a business. And then I find I have too much. I don't like to have too much. So I, I will get rid of stuff, you know. Um, so I'm not one of those people that collects a lot of gear. I use a Allen & Heath Z10 mixer. Um, I use an SM7B, a Shure microphone which is a great, I love this microphone. And I have the SM7B plugged into a cloud lifter to give it kind of extra gain because this is a pretty gain-hungry mic. So um, it allows my mixer not to work as hard. And uh, yeah, so then I record directly into a MacBook Pro, into Adobe Audition is where I typically record. I don't do any interviews, so my, my setup is really simple. You know, so it's really just a matter of getting the sound in. I... At first, I had backups going. You know, I had the Zoom because everybody said you had to have a backup. And I kind of laughed at myself because, like, if I screw up, I just I re-record. I think it's a pretty simple setup. I I think you're referring to all my soundproofing behind me as being looking elaborate. That's the that's the cool thing. Were Were you always into technology? I mean, I myself, I remember. I mean, if I go back and I try to think of my earliest piece of uh, technology, it, it was probably a. Uh, Texas Instruments <laughs> computer. So I'm wondering, I'm, I'm, I may be, uh, and obviously that I date myself there, but I'm wondering if you could think back to what your earliest piece of gear was. I always kind of liked the computer stuff, even back in the day. Like, yeah, we were like the tech, like the really old school, like in school, it was, I don't even remember the names of it, but it was the same stuff, like the really old computers where we would all gather in one room and try to make some little weird game or something. Like it was definitely like the Texas Instruments type stuff. Um, but I, yeah, I was always into the same stuff. Like I always liked the Apple and the Silicon Valley stuff because that started coming up. Like I felt like I was early on. I was listening to podcasts from day one. Like I was really into it, you know. And I never knew anyone that was. Like it was it was kind of funny. Like I listened to them from the beginning and up until recently, it really wasn't common for any of my friends to even know what they were. But I always listened to the tech stuff. Like anything related to Mac software like i always follow the latest like trends so i'm wondering um you mentioned that you've been involved in podcasting since day one what were some of the shows that you were listening to early on 
definitely anything from Silicon Valley. Like I loved, you know, like John Dvorak comes to mind. Don't really remember which shows, but all the Twitch shows, um, Merlin Mann, I think. Um, I listened to all the, all the like photography and I was really big into like photo focus and uh, I still listen to some of those. I still listen to like Mac most now. It's a, you know, it's a podcast that's still going on. It's the like exact same format. Do you find that your the way you consume podcasts has changed now that you're actually a podcaster yourself? Yes, I rarely, I rarely consume them anymore. I feel like my my knowledge and consumption has dropped drastically. I, I don't. Do you feel the same way, or is that? Yeah, I think in the beginning, I was. I remember going to NMX, and I just I had a ton of podcasts on my, and I just it was a self proclaimed podcast junkie, and that's where the show started. And I remember I had probably fifty podcasts, and I was just blazed through them, and I got really good at listening at two x speed. I'm a two xer. <laughs> we should get t shirts. I said I'm a two xer. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, I just find that's the fastest way to consume. But just lately, I've had to be more discerning, and and I find that shows in the past that would interest me i think it's just a matter of my taste changing or maybe um you know them not maturing their shows or growing their shows uh, with something more interesting or, or keeping up to date is that i find that you know shows that i used to listen through all the way through from beginning to end i just uh, i've either deleted them or i i sort of i know where to skip i know where to fast forward now <laughs> to the heart of the shows it's funny i don't like that feeling of feeling like i have to rush through things that i enjoy or that i know that are you know that i used to enjoy it's sort of on one end i'm kind of like i don't like when i find myself doing that because i i appreciate people taking the you know i appreciate the work especially the people that have been yeah. doing it for so long you know but on the same respect, I feel like my time now is so limited to like what I can consume and what I can retain and what I want to that like I'm really stingy about what I'm listening to. And um, even at 2x, like I feel actually excited when I can get through like a couple podcasts on my bike ride or whatever. You know, I'm like, yes, I, I'm glad I got them in. You know, like I feel like I just checked off a major to do list. What's interesting, Mike, is sometimes what I what I think about is because I'm doing that, I feel that it colors the way that I do my episodes. And it's a reminder for me to be continuously entertaining for my listeners, because I, I imagine at some point, there may be people that that are feeling the same way about my show. And I, I'm assuming, um, you know, people that listen to you on a regular basis, I'm wondering if that comes in like the way you consume, if you think about that in terms of your own show. Well, I can tell you, I mean, I don't know if you like your own voice. I, that, you know, it's always been a big deal. Not a big deal, but like I don't think I particularly like listening to myself. But I do like listening to myself better in like one and a half times. Or, you know, it's funny. Like I'm starting to now when I hear a podcast that I accidentally I'm on one time speed, I feel like, oh, my God, what's wrong with them? You know, so I don't know if that is a, a sign. I try to keep things quick as it is. I kind of am stingy about 15 minutes is like my goal. I usually go to 17 or 18. So like I try to be. And that's just because that's where I am or that's where I want to be. But I don't think it affects me the way that I prepare like the content for my show in terms of my listening thing. But I am noticing it more and more. And I'm sort of like there's certain people I I notice them sort of getting into this. Uninter I don't know, like they're not delivering me as enough content as I need to stay focused on them anymore. And I'm kind of bummed out, you know. I think what's so interesting is there's so many people and entering the podcast game that it's elevating 
the standards. And I think we, we're all feeling like every year we need to do something better. And uh, you recently did a, a recap of 2016 and, and you look back over 20, your goals for 2016 and 2015. And so you're, you're actually doing it on the air because you're saying, look, how did I do? How can I become better? Is that, was that something that you actively thought, thought about when you started the show that you were going to actually measure your progress along the way? No. And I'm really bad at, at doing stuff like that. In fact, I think I mentioned that, like, I'm, I'm glad I have the podcast because it's forcing me to do some of the things that I know I should be doing, but I don't, or that I'm not particularly strong at doing. I am, I am really bad at writing down stuff and journaling and all the things that I know will help me. So like having the podcast, it's definitely holding me accountable for a lot of things. Cause I feel like if I say something, like I want to have it documented so I can go back, I keep everything really organized and I use Scrivener to write everything. So like that's helped me sort of just go back. I never would do that on my own. I mean, as much as I would like to. So yeah, the goal thing. And then when I did this past episode, I was sort of like, oh, this is a great, this is a great technique, Gary. You know, like I, even if I didn't have the podcast, I hope I could continue to do this because it is good to look back and say, all right, well, I, are these things still priorities to me or did I do it? Or I found that helpful exercise for me, for sure. What's interesting is that becomes almost like a live journal. And a lot of people probably do this on their own. They use Evernote or Scrivener, like you said, and they make notes to themselves and no one ever sees them. But in your case, it's there. It's, it's, it's recorded in, in perpetuity. Yeah. (laughs) And, and you can, so it's, it's, there's something. Do you notice that there's something different about holding yourself accountable in a public space? I think so. I'm not any different, to be honest with you, on my podcast as I am, I think in day to day, like it's all me for sure. Yeah, like I feel like I'm careful with my words or careful what I say because I feel like I don't really know who I'm affecting, to be honest with you. But I feel like there's somebody who's listening and, you know, I want to make sure that what I'm saying is accurate, true. And, you know, I mean it, you know, like I do. That is important to me, I guess. So, yes, I am conscious about what I say because I want it to ring true. The other thing that I noticed that I really liked was the fact that from the beginning, you decided to theme your episodes. And as, as, you, as you were getting started, because I think you started like in 2015, yeah. you said about a, a year after me. And so your episode stood out because you were picking a theme for, for each one. And I wondered internally, I, said, I was wondering, when is he going to run out of words? Yes. <laughs> the answer is yes. <laughs> So I was like, wow, was, you know, and then you're now you're up to episode seven and you're, you're still keeping the theme. But um, can you talk a little bit about the, your thought process when you when you decided to have that as an organizational structure for your episode? In short words, they have to fit within a yeah. certain certain thing. There's a lot of things I do, especially and this has been an exercise of me as I've sort of been on this journey of self-awareness and kind of just trying to do the do everything is not overthinking a lot of things like that like that's not something i see people and i help people you know we we both help new podcasters a lot i'm sure you get a lot of questions who really obsess over the the little details like that and and i don't do that like i did not obsess over coming up with a theme or i just kind of did it you know like i just it just came to me and as a lot of things i do and i'm really trusting myself Maybe it's because of time, maybe because I just don't feel like it's something that I want to spend, you know, days or months or whatever doing. But once it did it, it, I do like consistency, as we touched on. So I just started doing it. I said, well, I might as well stay with it. You know, that's sort of how a lot of my habits come about. I just say, yeah, 
I've done it this many times. I might as well stay with it. So answered your question. I didn't put a ton of thought to it, but I did like the topic idea. Like that was something that I was sort of intending on doing, having like a focus for each episode. Sure. So so is your investment for 2017 a thesaurus? Possibly. <laughs> it is funny, though, how, I mean, you interview people, I guess, so your topics are always, you know, moving and dynamic. Yeah. But there are days where I'm like, I do not know what next week's show is going to be about. I mean, this has probably been going on for weeks now or months that every week something pops up. You know, I don't know if it's because the Internet's always changing. You know, there's yeah. there's a lot to do with that. And um, as something comes up, my podcast is about my journey. So if something new happened to me or I'm doing something, then I always have kind of a topic. But I am going to be repeat. I'm going to be repeating soon, and I'm not sure with how I'm going to deal with that. You know, like I'm not, I'm not sure how to deal with that. To be honest with you. Well, I think what, it's just the nature of it, and um, Rio Ortega comes to mind because he's uh, you, you. You probably yeah. know him, um, and he he de- goes deep on, on gear a lot. But what he does is he, I think, after about a year or two, yeah, technology changes so yeah. fast. I mean, there, there's an easy way to say this is the, the new recap of that first topic I had, and now, after a year, after two years, you're never going to run out of things to talk no. about because even if even if you do pick the same word, it's like that word 2.0, <laughs> yeah, and you can dive deeper because this this industry and podcasting and all the tools and and things that we have uh, available there's always new stuff on the horizon and new toys we can play with. So I, I don't get the sense that you're going to run out of no. uh, toys to play with and, and things to talk about on the show. No, there, there's definitely not. I'm guilty. I think, and people have sort of told this to me is I move quickly through stuff or not, not, not even gear, like just like the technology. Like I'm always kind of learning new stuff and moving on. And, and somebody once told me like, you know, slow down or, you know, like, so like the fact of the matter is like, I probably should, spend a little more time on things that I sort of think, oh, everybody knows, everybody knows the ATR 2100 is the standard microphone. Well, not yeah. everybody has been in this conversation for the last two years yeah. or, you know, so I have to, I have to stop myself a lot of times and, and really remind myself like, okay, like I really do need to simplify some of the topics like that um, and not, not assume that people know. And, and I think what's what you do that's really good is you're always keeping, like you said, to your point that you just made, you're always keeping the new listener in mind mm-hmm. because, and you know, the way you tackle the, the the topics is you you have a little. It's almost like you have a little bit in there for everyone. You have something for the person who's just listening, so you don't lose them, and then you have something to keep the your regular listeners engaged. So I'm wondering if what type of feedback you've gotten from people that have found the show and have been consistently listening to you. Um, it's tricky. I, it's funny, I think, cause a lot of my feedback isn't, oh, I learned so much or it's not like, oh, your technical stuff is great. It's always like things that I didn't expect. It's like motivational stuff or inspirational stuff, or, uh, we just like listening to you or yeah, like it's, cer- it's certain things. I'm sort of like, well, how about all the stuff that I'm teaching or, you know, like it's, it's sometimes I laugh at myself cause it's, I get feedback from people who aren't even interested in the topic. And, uh, really? yeah, that's it's, kind of interesting, which is, I think some, some of the fault is mine is that I don't speak, you know, some of it's good that I do have a broad range of, you know, list or, you know, that I speak to different beginners, new people, whatever. 
Um, and then the other thing is that's tricky is that, you know, you can't be everything to everybody. And I know that's true. So I think if I did just focus on like a the beginner podcaster, I probably would have a different result. I'd probably have a different approach. Um, but it's not who I am or it's not what I want to teach. So, um, yeah, I do. When I'm speaking, like I am looking at somebody, I think I look at the underdog. Like I think I look at that person that's a little bit frustrated, a little bit just down and out. And I'm, I try to give that little bit of like encouragement that says, you know, like it's not that tricky that the technical stuff is overwhelming, but it doesn't have to be. And, you know, that's sort of my approach is I try to take this like encouragement type things with the tech, trying to make it seem easy and trying to make it easy to learn and then. Yeah, I think you haven't been afraid to show your growth and uh, your growing pains, warts and all, as you, as you work through um, your episodes and as you review what you've been doing year over year. And one of the things you talked about in a recent episode was this fear of success. And I think that's something that you keep battling with about how you're putting yourself out there and then you don't know if, it's, you're, if you're saying the right thing. So I'm wondering if you could talk through a little bit about that because I, I think a lot of podcasters can relate to that because... You know, we don't know if what we're saying is resonating or if it's having an impact. Yeah, that's that's a real thing of mine. And I, I don't understand it. It doesn't make any sense to me because I've, I've done this with other things, un, not on purpose, where I say this fear of success. I used to say it was like, you know, people would say fear of failure was common. Um, I have this tendency as I get close to something that I'm all in on or to just turn the ship and go somewhere else. And I don't even feel like sad or remorseful oftentimes when I change directions. I just, it's just what I do. And, uh, you know, I kind of beat myself up over that for a long time as this, you know, initially I labeled, you know, everybody would call me a jack of all trades. And now I really don't like that term and I try to stay away from it. But that's the same thing. Like as I get close to the finish line on a lot of things, I just, I lose interest in that direction. So I'll move on. And and I think that is the fear of success that I'm referring to is that, you know, like if I'm going to make it in this business, I have to go all in to get to that, you know, success line, whether it's getting new clients or and it's not the thing that motivates me as much as the business part of it is tough for me, I guess. You know, I love the creating. I love the helping. I love the teaching. I love everything about it. And then the the money part, the business part is what I guess gives me the the roadblock a little bit. So that's what I'm fighting through. I think a lot of podcasters uh, are challenged with that. They they try to figure out how to take something that they're incredibly passionate about, which is the the topic of their podcast, and then make a, a business out of it or make a living out of it. And you know, everyone wants to be Howard Stern, walk into to the studio, record, and then walk away, and then yeah. magically everything else happens. And I did get a taste of that with um, here in Los Angeles because uh, Danny Pena invited me to CBS yeah. Radio. If you remember that episode, and it was, I do. Yeah, it was amazing to just show up and then walk away, and later on they send you the file. <laughs> Some pro does it, and you're like, "Whoa, this is cool." The other thing that you talked about, which uh, which kind of surprised me, was is your new interest in yoga. Would that surprise you? <laughs> I have some. Well, no, because it, it's funny because I think it was just out of context. Because it's like, yeah. oh, you know, he always talks about gear. Yeah, yeah, I have like a chronic. I have like a chronic bad back and. Um, I think I've been stressed like the last couple of years. Just I'm a pretty easygoing person in general. I'm generally even keeled. I have been putting in a lot of effort. I've been working, you know, I was working full time doing, you know, the same as everybody does. And I think I just developed this like I have like a posture, bad back thing. that has been chronic for years. I've been a graphic designer. Like I've always working on 
computer. So I think it just caught up to me. You know, I'm 47 now and, um, you know, it's, uh, it caught up. So yoga was one of those things that has been really on my bucket list forever. I did it like 20 years ago and I loved it. And, uh, you know, I just, I don't know why I just kept staying away from it, stay away from it. And I finally, I, I just made the commitment to do it. You know, like I just, I'm, I'm a healthy person. I exercise, I eat well. Yeah. It was a great fit. Once I found it, I was like, I really took to it. I, I took to the, you know, this, the mental part of it is like, it really wasn't a physical thing that I was searching for. Like it was that whole balance of, you know, if I could do exercise and help my head and you know, all that, like I'm all for it. So, and it's been great. It's been really good. And you're you're currently in Florida now, right? Yep, I'm in Naples, Florida. It, has that helped from um from a uh either a fitness perspective or just getting out and getting some fresh air and not not finding yourself like locked in the studio the whole day? Where I live is important to me, and I've always lived in places where I'm active, and it's an I've always lived in like active communities like ski towns, and I choose where I live on purpose. I came here from Colorado. And I, I probably was way more active there than I was here, but I'm outside in Florida all the time. Even though I am working my butt off, it's kind of like I'm non-negotiable when it comes to like getting outside and doing my exercise and doing things that I enjoy. So that's, that is part of my schedule as much as anything else. What other time have you had a platform like you have now with podcasting? Have you done this before? No. I think. I can probably say that that was the number one reason why I wanted to start a podcast. One, I I knew the medium. I mean, I've been listening to it again since, you know, my iPod one or whenever, you know, first came out. So like I knew podcasting. I'm a super like I love audio music. I, I've always loved the recording process. So like I, the audio part was like a big thing for me. You know, like I was like, oh, I get to kind of finally learn how to really use audio and it's just one of those things that I've always liked and been interested in audio and then I think I started this podcast in my trying to make an online business because I was I had so much knowledge that like I mean I have been self-studying everything for so long and I just I I was like overwhelmed like I wanted to share it like I felt like I know I'm a good teacher like I've and all my all my like working stuff, like I'm always the person that people come and ask for advice, ask for, you know, how do you do this? How do you, just simple things. But, and so I just was like, you know what, I really need something to share, you know, and I, I wanted to do a blog cause I'm kind of, you know, I, was, I know I can write, but I don't really love the act of writing. And, um, yeah, so the podcast like made perfect sense for me to just sort of have this platform to teach and just share what I wanted to. So, I mean, like same reason a lot of people get into it, I think. Um, but yeah, it's been, I think it was as much for me, as much as I knew that I could probably, you know, impact people or help people or, you know, teach people. So it was very much important. And it seems like you went in it with, with, uh, with both feet because not only, I mean, obviously you have the podcast and, and you do that on a regular basis, but you jumped in on the social media channels because I, I think you were on Snapchat or Instagram. I get those confused, yeah. but I know you were doing that for a while and you're still doing it because I, I saw you the other day, you were riding your bike somewhere. I do Instagram. <laughs> Instagram. And then, uh, you know, and you have the, 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 the other social media channels. And it, was that a conscious effort to try to, do it the right way and just try to be on, on all platforms and, and try to grow the audience? 
Yeah. I'm not expecting podcasting to be my business. I look at all of it kind of like just one big body of work. I just want people to know that I'm out there, that I'm teaching stuff and that I know what I'm talking about or that I, you know, I'm somebody that might be, deliver helpful information. Yeah. Like I wasn't trying to be everywhere in every, all places. I sort of have been really focused on Instagram. You know, I'm on Twitter because like I've always read Twitter. I've never really been active in terms of like communicating. I, it's, I probably should be, I could be a lot better than Facebook. I didn't even have a Facebook account. I deleted my earlier Facebook account until like two years ago. I didn't even have a Facebook account. Like everyone I knew was on Facebook for ever. And I, I was, I had no interest in it, but I figured, you know, if I was going to do this, I was going to try to do it right. So, and I'm, that's what I'm teaching. So I got to do it. Yeah. And, and I think what you'll find is that people gravitate towards a platform that they're most comfortable with. Mm -hmm. So, they're, they're, you know, some people love Instagram, some people love Facebook. And so I think you, it's this, this idea of trying to be everywhere so that you can find people at the, at the destination that they're most comfortable with. I gravitated to the places that I, I enjoyed. And I thought if, you know, I mean, I kind of a firm believer, if you, if you enjoy it, you're going to attract people that enjoy similar things. I mean, that's sort of my goal is to attract people that I like and that I, you know, I, we share common interests or, um, you know, I'm a, I have a Pinterest account. I loaded stuff, but like I don't hang out on Pinterest, and I should because it sure seems like like a magic place to you know like yeah. And LinkedIn's another one. I should be at LinkedIn because like I need that part of my business more, but it drives me crazy. So yeah, at some point it's hard because yeah, I I started on Pinterest as well, and I've occasionally posted on LinkedIn, but uh, I think you have to pick the one or two platforms where um you can go deeper on. And yeah. I think once you have that, they always tell you to pick one or two, get, go in deep, uh, establish a routine there, a rhythm and a presence. And then at some point you can just layer on another one if it makes sense. Yeah. Instagram is like an easy fit for me. So. Well, bec because you're, you're, you've done a, uh, a good, really great, uh, job at branding because, I don't know how many denim shirts you have, but that's now the Mike. <laughs> Is it? Uh, that's now the uh, Mike Murphy unplugged <laughs> brand. It's you and the, and the and the and the denim shirt. So and like, I'm in uh, Florida, so it comes in really handy to have long sleeve shirts. So when you go to the conferences, you got to wear the shirt, and people are just gonna recognize you with the from from the logo because I think uh, from the beginning that's that's been the cover your podcast cover art. So it's it's good you get your face out there. So if this is the first time that you've put yourself out on a public platform. Um, is who in your family is like, uh, like surprised or have you had comments from people about, you know, take, taking this direction? Maybe a little bit. I've always been kind of the quiet one, but I've also been the tech person or like, I've always been the person that people call when their computers broke or when they're, you know, need help getting online. Uh, but I, I think a few might've been surprised or, you know, that I'm not surprised, but like, I've I've never really been the one to be in in the limelight. Like I don't. I'm more of a behind the scenes type person. It's more. I don't look for recognition. Like I don't. I don't seek praise. Like I don't. It, it's not important to me. It never has been. Um, so a lot of this is a stretch for me because I really don't. I don't want to be a center of attention. I don't want to be in front of the camera. But like I'm kind of doing. I enjoy it now. Like, I don't even care. Like, I'm, I basically feel like I'm on, I'm doing the right thing and I feel good about it. And I'm, 
I'm just doing it because like you have to do it today. Like you have to get in front of the camera. If you want to brand yourself online, like you have no choice. Like I tell that to people, I, you know, there's friends of mine who want to help with their local business. I'm like, well, if you want to be seen, like, I'm sorry, like you got to step out, you know, you got to do yeah. it. So, so I just took the plunge a little bit and, um, I do know people have commented that I, from episode one to now, they feel like they can tell, you know, that I've changed or, you know, that I've improved my, you know, confidence or public nature, you know, social skills, I guess. So with all the time that you're putting into the episodes, uh, do you, do you make a conscious effort to step away from, from, from the gear and from the microphone and from the studio? And, and like, and I, I know you mentioned yoga, but are there other things that you do to keep yourself more like well-rounded? I think I'm always making stuff though. Like I always have a camera in my hand. Like, so I, or I'm always out shooting a video or even when I'm like, I, I'm big on going on a bike ride. I'm always, I walk the beach every night, every morning, every night. And then I do a bike ride. But when I do that, I take my camera, I take my GoPro or I, you know, like I'm just always goofing around with making stuff. So, which is kind of what I wanted my podcast to sort of be is just me experimenting with tools and software and techniques and then just saying hey this this works pretty good you know i don't even get to share half the stuff i do because it's they're like experiment stuff that you know and it's just me so as much as i want to share it it's kind of like well i didn't you know it's a lot harder to make behind the scenes than people realize as much as I want to share. It's like, yeah. So I think some people think it's just a matter of like, Oh, turning on the camera and, and like, Oh, you happen to catch me in my, uh, in my, in my studio. Uh, but there's a lot of planning, especially when you start mixing in uh video. Um, yeah. but it, se- it seems like you've been a, a camera, um, buff for a while. Yeah. I mean, I've always, I've always been a hobby photographer. Um, the past nine plus years I've, been knee deep i managed a photography studio here in naples so i was the you know we did we were kind of a high-end photography studio and i did all the back-end stuff all the graphics web pretty much all the stuff i teach is the stuff that i had to learn like it was just me running the studio with with the photographer and i was in heaven like you asked what i do in my spare time like in my spare time i was on lynda.com learning and studying and like I enjoy that and like I'm I just like to learn stuff so I think that is my spare time I think is like that's what I enjoy yeah I think some people are just lifelong learners I mean I I I always find myself trying to learn new things or or uh, deep dive into something Um, but I think what I've done lately especially as I'm trying to grow a business around as well is trying to get the things off my plate where I'm not the expert in, mm-hmm. but I could, if I spent enough time, like, you know, HTML design or doing website stuff, I can do it, but it'll take me, you know, four or five hours to get something done that I could probably pay someone to do in like 15 minutes. Yeah. So it's a matter of like f- figuring out what you're really good at and just doubling down on that and letting, letting the experts uh, take care of the other stuff that they do it's so easy. Yeah, that's what I'm trying to, I'm trying to have that discipline of settling down on something. It's sort of my, not my easy thing because I yeah. just, I, I like to do many things. I, I just, it's, I, I don't know. I fought it for a long time being like, just pick one and go with it. You know, like pick, uh, you know, I was going to do Adobe audition. I was going to do something, just one thing, but 
I, I, well, I think what's important is, and, and I, it seems like it's what you're doing, is talking through this challenge that you have on the show. And, you know, if, like you said, if people that have been following your journey, they see that, you know, you, you started off one way and you were struggling with, with things to focus on. Um, and the fact that you had themes for the year, like launching the podcast, finding your voice, and tackling this fear of success, um, it's going to be, it's valuable. And I think you've mentioned that you've gotten feedback to that point, but people like to hear other people struggling with the same things they're going through. And, and if you, you're working through it in a public forum, I, I, I just have to feel that that's going to be providing a lot of value for people. Yeah, I think so. And I think, you know, I'm sort of patient in, I think in real life, I've never really had like a huge group of friends. Like I've always been popular. I've always been able to go on either side of, you know, popular people, the, you know, the kids that weren't and but I've never had this like big, massive group of friends. And I think I feel this, the podcast is naturally doing the same thing. There's a small group of people who are really, I know they're, I know they're there. Like they always share my stuff and they're always there. And I, I totally am into it, you know? And then, but I think there's probably people on the periphery that are sort of jumping in and out. And, uh, you know, I think if I stay at it, I'm going to, ultimately hear people that I didn't know that I was reaching. And so I take each episode, like I have people who are really listening or that they're really, it's not that I have this raving group of fans that I know that every time I go, like, I really don't know if people are listening. I know, you know, my download numbers, they're not big at all, but like, I know they're very steady and they're very consistent. So somebody is showing up week after week, you know? So, yeah. um, and I try to find them, you know, I say, you know, reach out to me, you know, like, <laughs> yeah, I've tried, you, you've, you've probably heard that I've tried as, as well to get, to get people to, um, make a comment on SpeakPipe, but it's, it's funny because we as podcasters, we know what it's like to, you know, ask for, for feedback and not get it. So I'm, I'm conscious of it and I've been more conscious of it lately. Like friends that have podcast, I'll jump on their speak pipe and leave them a comment or make sure I leave the review if I haven't left the review. And I think, you know, we have to walk the walk as well because, um, you know, we have to do, and imagine we're as podcasters, we know the importance of it and yet we still don't do it or we don't reach out. So imagine people who are just listening casually. And again, I, I get hard on myself on that. I mean, I'm, I tend to be hard on myself, but I'm sort of, I'm noticing, I think, I think really what I'm doing now is really just paying attention to things like that. Like the reciprocation thing is something that like, I just, you know, I feel like I could always do a better job at that. Like on Instagram or wherever, like I really try to go out of my way. Like I feel like, Oh man, I haven't liked or I haven't commented on their stuff in a while yet. They're showing up on mine every day. Like that to me is, you know, like I feel like you do have a part to, give back in that regards you know whether it's leaving a review i rarely really oh that's not true i do leave my share of reviews if i remember but so speaking about the community are you are you making plans to go to the uh upcoming conferences there's podfest in for in florida and uh podcast movement obviously in in august yep um missing podcast movement this past summer was like a big bummer for me and it was something that just was out of my control, but it was like, I knew I needed to go there. I wanted to go there. I was really bummed, but you know, I, I couldn't. So that's that. Um, I went to PodFest last year and I will be going this year. And I, and I, I actually already, I bought a podcast movement ticket, like right when they went on sale. So like, it was sort of like the plans are going to go around podcast movement. So, um, yeah, PodFest in Orlando though, I think it's, it feels like it's, getting a lot of momentum which is cool yeah um chris and katie are like unbelievable organizers like 
I went last year, you know, I was shy and you know, I'm not great at stuff like that, to be honest with you. But um, I was I was like noticeably impressed by how well they had it together. You know, I've been to a bunch of conferences and they're all kind of they're late or they're, you know, don't seem put together. But they seem they're they impressed me. So, yeah, I think what you'll notice and this is something I found from going to podcast movement since the first one they they did it as a kickstarter and they said you know would you guys you think if we put this together people would go and we were just dying to just get together <laughs> so i remember there was like a core group of us who we were just like i think i was probably one of the first 10 to 20 people to buy a ticket so it's been so uh great to see see their growth but there's just something really fun and intimate about being in a room for 2 to 3 days with your tribe and Everyone that's there is into podcasting. You know, some now that you know it's been going on for a few years, they're at different levels, but we're all talking about the same language. You know, we're all talking the same language, talking about downloads. You know, talking about shows, sharing each other ideas. And I got to tell you, like every time I leave there, I I feel like it could have gone one more extra day. Because <laughs> from an outside perspective, like you you look like the face of podcast movement. Like I mean, one is noticeable your excitement just in the little bit yeah. I've seen of you, but. It seems like everybody associates you, probably the yellow shirts too, but um, yeah, as like the face of you know, which is awesome. I imagine that you acknowledge that it's been probably, I mean, it's probably been a big deal for your podcast too, right? I I think what's important, Mike, is is to uh, it's for people to to sort of push them to get out of their comfort zone because mm -hmm. I and I and I tell people this all the time. When I go there, I try to engage. First of all, I try to find all my previous guests and I try to thank them personally. And obviously, because we do face to face, I now have, you know, the, the benefit of like an hour long conversation. So when I see you and when I see some, some of these other folks, it, there's an immediate, right? Hello, like a recognition. And then you just have that, that you don't get. And that's why I, I, I always wanted to do video from day one. And then, um, yeah, the shirt was something, an idea I got from actually Michael O'Neill. He went to NMX. Uh, in 2013, and he was talking about how he did shirts as well, and I was like, "Oh, that's a great idea!" and and I just got on board, and I, and I went with it. And obviously, it's a it's a obnoxiously bright, obnoxiously bright shirt. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I think now it's been a, a staple. So I'll probably have to do it in Podfest as well, and just come, <laughs> you know, buy. You, you got to do an investment because it's obviously you know fifty to to. Uh, I think the first time is fifty. Last year, I brought like ninety, and they're all gone. Um, and, and I haven't gotten called out on the fact that I haven't gotten my own booth yet. <laughs> well, I think that might be one of those investments that are worth it, you know? Yeah. I think my reason for really wanting to go to pod or, you know, podcast movement or like the fact that I couldn't go, I knew that I needed, I need something like that. Like I need to make face to face connections with yeah. people who are, you know, either going to help me with my business or give me ideas or inspiration. Like I, that's something that I'm not craving because I'm not great at events like that, but I absolutely knew that it was something I needed to do. And, you know, and this year, you know, I'm going into pod fest with that kind of new excitement. Like when I went there last time, like I just started, so I was, I didn't know what was going on and now I'm going in there with a different mindset and, you know, I'm excited. So. Yeah. You're going to go in there as the, uh, the podcast veteran. And that seems, <laughs> it still doesn't seem that I'm a veteran. Um, is there is there anyone in your um, in your family that's been just watching what you're doing with the podcast? Is anyone surprised? No, I don't think so. I mean, my father, I think his my father is an avid listener. He's one of my. I have a few people over the age of seventy five who listen regularly, and they 
they they provide me with the biggest feedback. And they all say, I have no idea what I'm talking about, but, you know, this sounded great or this, you know, it's funny. But he, I think he was a little surprised. I feel like he's might be learning things about me that he wasn't sure of, you know, like just my. Oh, wow. Because I'm I've always been soft spoken. I never have been the one that I come from a family that we don't over communicate about things. We just kind of do things. So I think he's probably been surprised or, you know, it's been like a learning experience on some levels because I've always been sort of the independent one, I think. Yeah, I have a brother and a sister um, who I think listen. Occasionally, I, you know, I know they probably did when I first started off. I'm not sure. I'm not sure they still do. I think they might pretend to occasionally. But yeah. Um, well, it's so funny because you think that, you know, I, you know my wife doesn't really listen to my show, but it's not, you know, the topic doesn't interest her. But I imagine there'd be other, uh, you know, there's other things that she is into and other people that she bloggers and stuff that she follows. She's into like um, handmade crafts and, um, you know, women entrepreneurs. So obviously there, there, there'd be shows specifically for that. But I think it's interesting that the podcast has uh, become a way for you and your, 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 like you said, Jen, I thought it was really interesting. Your father just found some things about you that he didn't know. And, and because you're sharing and you're not thinking that your father's listening, you're just speaking freely. And sometimes you say things and I, I think that's really, it's really nice. And to, if it, it can be used as a vehicle to slightly improve your, your communications with family, I think that's a great thing as well. Yeah. I think it probably, I think people are open up on their podcast or they, you know, they have that vulnerable sort of thing. It becomes, you know, that's the intimacy of podcasting, I guess, that whether you like it or not. And I knew that I, it, when I was doing this podcast, that I was going to be, I mean, I wasn't planning on being like therapeutic with it or whatever, but I knew there's a, like, there is a big part of me that is, you know, a helper and that I want to, it's not the tech, it's not the gear that really is what drives me at all. It's, it's doing good things and, you know, creating a good life or creating happiness. Like, that is what I'm after. And the podcast was sort of the way and the technology was kind of the thing that I knew I could talk about, you know, but so I, I think it's a combination of all of it. Like it's just the things that interest me and the things that I want to do. And um, if I can help people along the way, then all the more, you know, I think what I, I find a lot and you know, if you, you've, you've listened to past episodes, you probably know when I ask people, what's the most misunderstood thing? So many people have answered the fact that, um, you know, people think that they're an extrovert, but they're not. And every, you know, I've, I've the phrase situational, uh, extrovert has come up a lot. And I think that's the nature of podcasting because you, you have the comfort of being in your own home, but I think it's a great vehicle for, showing people that are introverted that don't like to get out that don't like to meet people that there is a way to do that and, and podcasting is just one way but um if if you if you hadn't started your show you know i, I don't want to get like all oh, it's a wonderful life but if you you know if you if you hadn't started it i'm i'm sure there's a lot of things that wouldn't have been put into motion you know just even like maybe the conversation with your father or even the people that have provided you feedback even the people that have learned uh, from you or, or people that just listen to you because they're motivated by the fact that you're you know you're trying to make yourself a better person. Yeah. I think that's, that's just one of the, the great things about, about podcasting. Even people that don't like to interact or, or, or not normally uh, extroverted can do that through, the, through this medium, which, is, which I love. Yeah, I like that term. I don't know if I learned it from you or on one of your guests, that situational extrovert, but like I'm definitely an introvert. Like in people will say, not, I guess there's probably people who might question that. I was a bartender for years. Like I can handle myself in situations pretty well, you know, 
Like I can get along if I have to, but it's not what motivates me. That's for sure. Like I can, I'm okay being alone. Um, I don't know if I've ever been really accused of being an extrovert. Do you have any uh, interesting stories from your bartending days? Oh, probably tons. I don't know any that really stick out. Um, I did bartend for a long time and I really enjoyed it. And I think it was this, I think I'm really perceptive. I think I'm good with people or I think I recognize people and I see what people need or, you know, like I'm always been this sort of problem solver solutions guy. And I feel like bartending was a good fit because people came in, they wanted an ear, they wanted something, they needed something. And I could pick up on what they needed quickly. And I think they, I think they liked that because I, I was very nonchalant about it, but I just sort of could read where people wanted. And I feel like that's the vibe I want my whole business and podcast and whether I do consulting, I'm still, I'm still working, you know, where I'm going with everything, but I know there's something in there. And I know that's the reason I love bartending is the same reason I sort of find myself now having this need to teach people and to interact with people like that. So. Yeah, it's, there's an aspect of a really good bartender um, where he or she is just a, knows how to listen, you know, knows how when to approach someone. And, you know, there's some people who'd probably go to a bar because they don't want to talk to anyone. Yeah. <laughs> and, 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 and then there's people that really want are just waiting for the bartender to, or somebody to sit up next to them so they can tell them, you know, how crappy their day was. Yeah, I, I trained a lot of people and I always said like the it's probably like the tech is like the gear part of podcasting. I re, I made this connection that I'm making the drinks and I'll like, that's the easy part. It's like understanding when people want you to just get away or when people want you to joke with them or, you know, when people look sad, like, like pick up on that and trust it. That was something that I just did. And I didn't know it at the time. I didn't know that what it, you know, I think this journey, this online, the podcasting, talking things through has helped me sort of say, oh, yeah, I, I've always done that. I just, I never paid attention to anything that I did. Like, my self-awareness was zip, you know, prior, prior. I just didn't pay attention to yeah. what I did. But now I am, I'm like, oh, yeah, I've always done that, so. Yeah, it's funny how some of that stuff always comes back around. Like, like this, there's like, like a common thread in skills and in the jobs you, you've had or the interactions you've had with people, I think, Sometimes you need to step back for people to point it out to you. Like, oh, you've always been like that, Mike. And you're like, oh, I hadn't noticed. <laughs> um, what have you changed your mind about recently? Recently that I actually thought I was going to go all in on podcast production and editing and doing the full service podcast production because I thought it would be a perfect fit for me. I changed my mind on it. I had the whole thing written up and uh, I started doing it and I just... I realized it was not providing me with the satisfaction that I wanted. I just knew that I just cut my losses. I said, you know what? I don't even want to go down there. I know I could do it. I thought it was going to be a good fit. I tried it and right away I recognized it. So I said, I put on the brakes. I think uh, it's called the sunk cost fallacy. They figure, well, I've already put, you know, a, a couple of thousand dollars into this and I've learned a lot and I, maybe I've signed up one or two clients and they feel like they have to move forward with it. I, I did it with a, a productivity conference that I thought I was going to launch and spent $2,000 and I did Facebook ads and I had the speakers lined up and nobody was buying tickets. <laughs> and said, uh, that's probably, you know, cut my losses and just live and learn. And I think, you know, a lot of times in entrepreneurial circles, you hear this idea of uh, fail fast and fail often. So you, f you realize what you're good at, what you're not, and really move on to the thing that 
really makes you happy, which is which it sounds like you did. Yeah, I mean, I'm still working on it to be honest with you, but I am really, really committed to listening to my internal. I know that I'm going to sacrifice. I know I'm going to do things that I don't love, but I'm trying to eliminate the things that I can that I do have control over. I guess so. So one of the new projects you are working on is Podcaster Toolkit. You want to talk a little bit about that? Yeah, that's like one of those things that I really want to develop. Um, it's a little bit slow off the gate. It's basically every um most people come to me for what do I use for this? It doesn't matter if it's a new Apple gadget. I've always been that person like, hey, what can you do this? What can you do this? And the fact of the matter is like I forget a lot of the stuff that I know, that I teach, that I do. So this podcaster toolkit was really just a website to try to put all the stuff together. I know there's probably a lot of resource sites out there, and um, but it was really trying to pull all the stuff that I feel like I know, that I teach, that I do, and that podcasters, when they are starting out, or online businesses, when they're starting out, I kind of lumped them together. I lumped the podcast podcasters and the content creators in the same camp, but because I know you're gonna you're gonna go to Medium, you're gonna blog, you're gonna do other things, so. I tried to just, I'm just trying to make this one site, a very one-stop shop for podcasters, but do it in a way that is not just a list of gear and list of products, but I would like to develop it into a more of a blog type situation. And I would ultimately like, if I could make a living producing content, like that actually would be a goal. That is a goal of mine. I would like to be able to generate something that I could work on and create and do and make a living from it without having to nickel and dime freelance charges. You know, that's not what I'm trying to do. I still think, you know, everyone says, you know, podcasting is not new. You know, there's people that have been doing it for 10 years, but I, I, I do think there are waves, waves of interest in people coming on board. And I see it with, you know, with my business, people are, are discovering it. This new term for the, the new generation is apparently digital natives. <laughs> and, and they're, you know, really gravitating toward podcasting. They all want to start one. So I think the at the point that you're at, you know, you're, you're heading into your third year. Mm-hmm. And you can just see, and people just looks at look at your back catalog that you've been consistent with this and you're providing, uh, reliable information on you know on on a regular basis so i think it's just a matter of time and and you know you probably know this already but you have to con- stay at it and you, you can't give up and and i think i think there's room for everyone here i think people like to think well another another resource for podcasters like who's going to who's going to listen to it or who's going to follow it but i think everyone's you're going to gravitate you know your your audience is going to gravitate towards you and you're going to get the people who like you your style and the type of information that you you provide and i think the marriage of your podcast with what you're doing podcaster toolkit i think is is going to be good so i i think you know i'm putting out the the good vibes and (laughs) that was one back to our question of the uh the theme show i i guess i did have a long-term goal i knew that i wanted to have evergreen content to for the most part so I have been very careful about not, and not so much lately, I've added dates and stuff, but I knew that by keeping my topics very, they're very dense. Like every one of my podcast topics could be five blog posts. Like if you look at, I follow Gary Vee, you know, like he could chop up my po- one of my podcast episodes into probably a year's worth of stuff, you know, like, so like I know that I have a ton of stuff and that was sort of the podcast or toolkit. I was like, you have 70 episodes it would 
hundreds of articles or, you know, however many that I, I just need to dive in and organize it and just start throwing it up there. So that was a conscious effort though, that to keep it as evergreen as possible, um, you know, technologies change, but I did, that was a conscious thought, I guess. Yeah. And I know when your goal is to get a book on Amazon <laughs> and you, you probably, yeah, you already have it. I mean, I, I went, I went early with my first 25 episodes and I had this dream. I was like, every 25, I'm just going to put an ebook out. <laughs> it's only been the first one. Uh, Ray Ortega in, in one of our interviews, uh, talked about podcasting as like being around the podcast campfire. And that's what I called it. And it's an ebook and it's out there and it's, it's my first, uh, uh, I am working on, on a new book, but that's my first foray into Amazon. So, were you proud um, when you did it? Yeah, it was it was a bit of work, and I paid like, someone to help me do the editing of the content. She listened to the episodes, and she sort of put it into this cohesive format where each chapter was a theme, and then she pulled the snippets of the interviews that talked about that theme. Which that's nice. I was like, wow, this is great. I'll do. And then I reached I reached out to her when I was ready for the next round. She's like, no, I, I don't do that anymore. It's just, <laughs> you, so like, you oh, scared her. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, I think, well, what she quoted me at, and then the uh, based and then relative to the amount of work she did, I think she realized this is a lot more than I thought it would be. So, um, yes, I think that happens. But, uh, I think, um, if, if you had to pick something you're excited about, uh, for 2017, I know, I know you talked about a couple of themes on your show, but, Anything that, that comes to mind that's something you want to focus on? I've been really conscious about trying to simplify things. Like I really, really want to just, I want to have a really like focused sort of plan. Like I, I'm creating content, like I'm making stuff constantly. So, but a lot of it has been this sort of warm up, you know, this sort of practice, this sort of consistency thing, this, um, but like, I really want to create content like the book or like a course or a class and I don't want to course like the traditional 497 classic. Like, I really want to have a signature product that I can sort of call my own and that people will can take and that they can like I'm not looking to gouge, but I would like something that, you know, can maybe make me a living or make me something so I can continue to make stuff and do stuff and teach people. So. I am excited about creating something and I'm, you know, working on that now, trying to get it done in the early stage rather than waiting until December and saying, no, you know, my goal is coming up. But yeah, so I, I see two products is my real goal for this year. And uh, if I can get two of them done, I'm not expecting them to save me or, you know, send me to the super success land. But um, I am focused on that and uh, I'm sort of stripping away the clutter, I guess, and uh have you seen the uh, the Netflix uh, documentary, Min uh, The Minimalists? I have. Yeah, I thought that was really interesting. And I, and, I, and I like that. I think I've always had minimalist minimalism nature. I've always, I've never had much stuff. And in fact, yeah. I have, like you're talking about the gear, like having too much gear actually makes me crazy. Like having too much stuff around is yeah. not my thing. Um, I do want to adopt some of that because I actually believe it's true. It helps me. Yeah. Like before this interview, I, I cleared, like I keep everything, like I'm so much more focused when I have nothing, nothing around me, you know, like that's yeah. important to me. So I think it's important because, uh, we can get into the habit, especially uh, people like us that are need some amount of gear to do our jobs, Yeah. but we get shiny object syndrome and we, we feel like we need to, the next I, new toy. And, and I think a movie like that is really helpful. And 
I, I think for my business, the word in 2017 is scale, but I think personally, I think the, it's the maybe the opposite of that scale down and uh, just going through books and closets and like you said, cables. I have so many suit cables, adapters. And the worst thing is like, I'll end up buying a new cable because I don't know where the one, I know I got four of them, but I'm like, you know what, I'm just going to order it and it's it's a joke. Yeah, and I think uh, there's something to be said for living a, a simple life and purposely living in smaller, in like in a small house or small apartment. So you don't, you know, I think people just buy houses so they can just put more stuff in it, and that yeah. speaks to a, to a bigger problem in this world. But I live in a small house, and and uh, I mean my my most of my days early on were living in very. I just I didn't I never had much stuff like that was always important. I like to move around and I like to do to go places. So um, I feel like I have too much since I started my podcast and the whole yeah. video stuff. Like I was accumulating things because I wanted to have a production. Like I wanted to be I wanted to have it all covered. The fact of the matter is like you can do so much now with just your phone that like I'm finding myself like the reason I love Instagram Live and Facebook Live is because you just hit record like i love that freedom as much as all the gear is like i love being able to 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 keep it simple like that well that's a great place to wrap up uh thanks for your time mike i really enjoyed our conversation getting to getting to know you a little bit more and and hopefully the listeners got to know a little bit more about uh introverted mike murphy (laughs) uh so uh the website is mikemurphy.co and uh i think you're you're pretty active in uh like you said instagram and facebook so people can follow you there on on twitter as well mm-hmm. um is it's is it mike um, mike unplugged on, on twitter, mike on twitter? And yeah instagram okay well thanks again for, uh, for your time and i look forward to catching up with you in florida as well yes i look forward to it as well thanks harry hope you enjoyed that conversation and uh like i asked or like the question that i asked at the beginning was uh whether you feel like you got to know him a little bit better, which is always my intention. And uh, each one's different and everyone has its own character. And I, I hope that shines through in our conversations. I try to, to bring out things that I think are of interest to me. And I just really love the fact that Mike has been so consistent over the, the years. And you can just tell from his dedication to coming up with a theme for every show and the effort he puts into his artwork and he, he just the ability to try new platforms and whether he succeeds or not, he's very transparent with it. And, and that's something that I think any podcaster can learn from. So uh, I'm glad I had a chance to get to know him a little bit better. So next week, we have a conversation with uh, Sean Henninger. Henninger. We'll find out next week if I pre- one of those is a correct pronunciation <laughs> of the language of bromance. Uh, we connected at Podcast Movement and uh, been playing uh, email slash Twitter tag. And uh, I don't uh, we we didn't get to chat too much, so it'd be interesting. I'm gonna dive a little bit deeper about uh, their their reasons and and uh, impetus for starting the podcast. So that should be fun. We are a member of Podcastica. Head on over to podcastica dot com. Have some uh, potential new, sh- a new potent- one potential new show in the works, and uh, getting some work redone on the website. So stay tuned for that. That's going to be uh, some some good exposure for the shows that are in the network. And uh, check that out if you need some inspiration for shows to listen to. Music is provided by Cedar and Soil. Check out cedarsoil.com. Don't forget to visit podbean.com/podcastjunkies. If you're thinking of starting a podcast or looking for a great home for your show. Don't forget, you'll get one month free if you sign up with the special URL, and you can try all of Podbean's great hosting features. 
podbean.com slash podcast junkies. The retention hashtag for this episode is bartender Mike, hashtag bartender Mike. And again, tag me at podcast underscore junkies and Mike at Mike Unplugged. So take care, guys. I love you for the support. As always, looking for feedback. I'm going to run the speak pipe uh, call to action for a couple more weeks. Head on over to podcastjunkies.com. On the right-hand side, there's a tab for uh, sending us a voicemail, and you can just leave a quick recording, and I'd love to play one at the end of this episode. See you soon.